Welcome to the Disney Cruise Line Blog Podcast. On this rather short episode, I just wanted to go over a couple things that came out, you know, this week with regards to uh, Disney Cruise Line's terminal. Uh, some, you know, brief news last week from the uh, CDC and what the future looks like for uh, Disney Cruise Line's new ship orders. Jumping back to October 30th, the CDC issued a framework for conditional sailing order for cruise ships which ended the no-sale order, thankfully. However, in the conditional sailing order, it put out a series of criteria, hoops, hurdles, whatever you want to call it, that ships, each individual ship must go through in order to get a certificate to kind of restart. Uh, And this is ship by ship. So just because, you know, say one ship in the fleet earns the certificate through the CDC, it doesn't magically allow the entire fleet to kind of resume sailing. Uh, Again, this is all on a ship by ship thing, you know, across the board for all cruise lines, Uh, kind of doing that color coding thing we saw with the crew repatriation, uh, you know, with red, yellow, and green statuses. Uh, There's going to be that no tolerance, you know, COVID policy on on board. Anyway, there's a lot of hoops. Uh, You can read more in depth on the uh, conditional sailing order. I'll put the link to that post and as well as the actual order itself in the show notes. However, that did open up, you know, give the cruise lines in general a path to move forward finally after, you know, what, six, seven months of really no communication between the cruise lines and the CDC. That being said, uh, Port Canaveral had a, you know, annual virtual state of the port event this week which Captain, uh, the CEO of the port, Captain John Murray, went ahead and, you know, briefly discussed kind of, you know, what the future, you know, the restart, you know, will entail through the CDC, you know, restrictions and all that. Um, I'll give you a little listen to that here. Um, let's talk about cruise a little bit more now. Uh, I talked about the no-sale order from the CDC It expired on October 30th and was replaced with what they call the conditional sale order, effective October 30th, 2020 to November 1st, 2021, a full year of this new order. Certain provisions of the no sale order will remain in in place, such as certification process for individual ships. Each one is color coded. Any COVID or influenza-like illnesses are on on board in a certain period of time. It goes from green to yellow to red. A red ship can't come into a U.S. port by CDC orders. Yellow has a a wait time before they can come in. When it's green, then it's allowed to arrive and depart. That's not changing. That stays in place. It's also total restrictions on crew movements. Uh, The crews are not allowed off the ship once they're on board. So there is a, a challenge for the cruise lines because, uh, you know, people now are going to get on a ship. They know they're going to be on it. If they're on for a nine-month contract, they're nine months on that ship. So there's some, some new challenges that we didn't have to deal with in the past. Um, another aspect of when cruising gets restarted, it's zero COVID tolerance on board the ship. So the CDC protocols are going to be very, very rigid on what happens if there is a case on board, and that goes back into that, that color-coded scheme. The other part about setting the course for the future with the conditional phases, the initial one is going to be shipboard testing process. All ships will have testing facilities on board. There will be, uh, you know, we've learned a lot about this as we we go along, but they will be required to do PCR testing. Passengers will be tested before they get on the ship. They'll be tested 
when they get off the ship. Crew members will be tested before they get on. Sometimes in some phases, there's multiple testing before people can get on the ship. Uh, it's it's going to be very, very strict. It's going to be tightly managed. Um, there's going to be plans that have to be designed right now on, on social distancing on the ships, use of masks. How the, uh, how the cruise lines are going to operate is very, very dependent on how well they conform to the CDC technical guidelines that are, that are being written and issued uh, as we speak. Um, there'll also be simulated cruising before there are any revenue guests on the ships. Every cruise line is going to have to uh, have a, 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 a simulated cruise. They'll, they'll be accepting volunteers at some point, might be friends and family, whatever. They cannot accept revenue on these voyages. Totally voluntary. And the way that guidelines is going to be one or more that they will have to complete in order, in order to resume passenger operations. Okay. Before we go any further, let's take a minute and talk about the volunteer cruising. So far, Royal Caribbean has opened up a sign-up form for those interested in being a volunteer cruiser uh, on one of the Royal Caribbean ships. Uh, the link to that sign up and uh, for Royal Caribbean, I'll include in the show notes. However, Disney has not offered that out to the general public. It is my personal opinion that Disney will not likely open that up to the general public, at least not in the beginning, if ever. I suspect that there's a large enough pool of cast members to kind of fill the void for test cruisers and, uh, and such. You know, could they expand it out to general public? Very possible. I think before the general public, they might open it up to travel agents, you know, so they can get an idea of what to expect. But uh, I don't, personally don't really feel that Disney is going to open it up, you know, to a general public offering like Royal Caribbean has done this week. However, again, I'm just kind of, this is my personal gut feeling on it. You know, Disney seems to always operate you know, with as much control as possible, you know, to control the environment, control the message. So if they can bring on cast members as test subjects, sailors, cruisers versus general public, they can control the outgoing message a little better. You know, think of, you know, the cast members under, you know, pretty much a non-disclosure agreement, you know, pertaining to their employment uh, kind of deal. Anyway, I, get back to it. Anyway, that's just my gut feeling. I don't have any, you know, inside knowledge on this. It's just, you know, my gut feeling. Anyway, back to uh, Captain John Murray on his thoughts. It's going to be a very slow buildup. Like I said, 100% testing passenger and crew, fewer guests, talking about 50% capacity limitations when they first start. Shorter cruises, there will be no cruise longer than seven days, at least through November of next year. So that changes some of the cruise line itineraries as we've known them. The changes, as I mentioned, the policy changes are in development. The approvals for everything I just mentioned will come on a ship-by-ship -ship basis, not fleet-wide. So if uh, Royal Caribbean gets one of their ships cleared, that's great. That doesn't apply to any other ship in their fleet. So every single ship has to go through the simulated voyages and, and the, all the testing criteria, testing on board. It all starts with the crew. The crew will be tested. There's a timeline for that. Then it'll evolve to the simulated voyages. Timeline for that. Then it'll evolve to the guest services. Sequential phased processes. Um, the requirements for prearranged agreements with ports 
on medical providers and others. The cruise lines will all have to have not public but private uh, ambulance services, medical facilities, uh, uh, even even places to bring any crew members that might be sick or 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 uh, uh, passenger guests off the ship have a place that they can go that will not overwhelm the uh, the medical facilities within any particular community. Um, that's a tricky, tricky thing to figure out because uh, in, in the ports, we have to be involved in, in how many ships can safely be in Port Canaveral at any point in time. And, and there's some pretty complicated formulas you have to think about on that because if you've got a 3,000 passenger ship, that's not 3,000 passenger potential going to a hospital. There's asymptomatic, there's people that aren't sick, and then there's going to be a certain percentage when you drill down far enough that might need shoreside medical care. And that's not something we as a port authority are going to calculate, nor are the cruise lines. This has got to come from, from the science that the CDC has and what are those numbers. And, and, and they, they need to be realistic. Otherwise, we'll never get cruising started again. But I think everybody right now is pulling in the, in the right direction. Uh, we've had uh, discussions ourselves with CDC. And I know the cruise lines now are all having uh, very active discussions. So I think we are, are moving in the right direction. There'll be protocols for crew movements, passenger movements, outbreak prevention, man, um, and management. A lot of work to do, but uh, we're, we're finally talking and moving in a direction which is positive. The technical requirements are still in development. Once again, onboard testing, all crew and passengers. When I say onboard testing, testing facilities on board, they don't have to send anything ashore. So. First off, that's a challenge for the cruise lines. It's a, they have to have an FDA-approved test, and they have to have uh, the approved FDA equipment on board. So sourcing that for every ship is, uh, is one of their current challenges. The cruise lines will be responsible for virus identification, containment, and management will be robust. And the standards and technical requirements are, are ongoing. The CDC is, is issuing them, and, and through the dialogue, they'll be changing them as we go along. So. That conversation is being held, and, and uh, that's good. Outbreak management plans must involve, as I stated, local and state departments of health, something different from, from uh, past operations. That kind of covers a lot of what Captain Murray shared during the State of the Port uh, for Port Canaveral event held on November 12th, 2020. For more on that event, uh, you can check out the show notes. I've got a link. You can go and view or rewatch the event uh, along with some of the highlights. Speaking of the real highlight of the state of the port, Vice President of Engineering Construction and Facilities Bill Crow from Port Canaveral took the time to kind of give a little walking construction tour of the renovations happening over at Port Canaveral. A lot of this was covered in uh, kind of a video and presentation that came out of the October uh, board of Commissioners meeting for Port Canaveral. However, there are a couple new insights, new uh, details that were shown in this video. Most notably, the uh, you know await you know that guest waiting area on the second floor of the terminal. Uh, when you used to walk in up the escalators, or if you came in through the parking garage on the second floor, kind of that big open expanse where you see all the way to the back. You know the Mickey entrance, the ship through the windows. Uh, kind of highlighted the renovation on the terrazzo floor which was original it's got all those beautiful inlays a uh, mix of you know you know metal kind of accent pieces and it's it's a gorgeous floor uh if you've never taken the time to look at it it's definitely a gorgeous floor uh that's often overlooked in the hustle and bustle of you know the arrival process and getting to uh 
check in and, you know, photos with Mickey or Minnie, and then, you know, you're waiting for your boarding time on the hectic terminal. Well, the big news is, and this was all talked about before the pandemic, it was already kind of planned ahead that they were going to, you know, redo, and this was really unannounced and hasn't yet to be announced, that they were going to re-envision the, you know, the boarding process. Uh, other cruise lines have done a more streamlined, you know, check-in process to almost where you don't have to, you know, Royal Caribbean's got an app where you can check in and everything, you know, load your passport, take a security photo all in the app. You kind of just show the QR code once you arrive and you've got expedited check-in. You just don't move on to the ship. Uh, this is something Disney Cruise Line has, you know, saw and they were going to go move towards. And I think this reaffirms that when you first now, when you walk into that second floor of the terminal now, when you enter that whole left side, you know, there was a bank of check-in desks from, you know, you know, I don't know, upwards to 20 plus, I forget the actual number, but it was, you know, whole line, you know, everybody would queue up in lines, Castaway Club, New Cruisers um, to check in. And those pretty much the majority, at least in the photos that were shared from Port Canaveral during the state of the uh, port event, the check-in desks have been removed. Additional seating has been added. Um, you know, this also gives guests more room to space out in the terminal. One bright side of the uh, cruise shutdown where the contractors were able to kind of go full steam ahead and do uh, a lot of the work and they're kind of ahead of schedule and all the work, you know, on the water side and the land side of this renovation project is targeted to be finished in April. For more on this renovation project and the updates, you have a show notes of the uh, state of the port posting that we did with a bunch of screenshots and a video of the actual tour conducted by Mr. Crow. It's worth a watch to kind of see what's been going on behind the scenes and kind of give you a better idea of what I'm talking about in that second floor renovation uh, and the removal of the check-in desks. Again, look forward to kind of when things kind of resume to service, hearing more about the check-in process that will be going forward. Uh, I suspect it'll be somewhat similar, you know, not that, you know, this is a copycat world, but kind of Royal Caribbean's already doing it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Disney Cruise Line, you know, updates their navigator app to include the uh, ability to do online check-in, you know, for the actual cruise, much more so than we have been where you, you know, or even like you're accustomed to when you're flying, you take a picture of your passport or your document, uh, add it in, take a security photo of yourself against a wall and then have Disney kind of, you know, within the app issue a QR code of sorts that you can then present, you know, upon arrival at the actual terminal. Uh, so good things coming out of this. Uh, hopefully it'll expedite the process, you know, going forward. Now the last and possibly the biggest takeaway from, you know, this week's news, um, the Walt Disney company held their full fiscal year and fourth quarter 2020 financial results conference call on November 12th as well. And during that presentation or, you know, the question answer period, the subject of the cruise line was brought up and, you know, Bob Chappick took it, took this, uh, took the opportunity to discuss 
you know, made mention of the new guidelines set by the CDC's conditional sale order is a series of hurdles that the cruise lines have to overcome. However, he did acknowledge that it is a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, that there is now some, you know, a pathway forward to kind of eventually resume service and, you know, get going again. Now, recently with the last uh, itinerary release, we learned that the Disney Wish uh, maiden voyage was now pushed from early 2022 to the summer of 22 because of, you know, the delay in construction at the shipyard. Um, if you've been following along on the website, you've noticed we've posted some videos of the floating engine room unit for the Disney Wish that is, uh, you know, repositioned from Neptune Wharf shipyard where they build these units to uh, the actual Meyer Wharf shipyard in Pappenburg. Uh, series of videos showing the transit you know, being tugged along in the rivers and uh, whatnot in the uh, Keel Canal. It's been fun watching that, since, especially since Disney hasn't actually put anything out about the uh, construction process of the Disney Wish. So it's fun to kind of see things in motion, especially during this time of, you know, really no updates. Uh, but in saying this, due to the uh, roughly six-month delay at the shipyard, uh, the sixth and seventh Disney cruise ship uh, release dates, which were targeting, you know, previously in 2022 and 2023, you know, for delivery to, you know, uh, they're now being pushed to 2024 and 2025 respectively. So as a result of, you know, all this, they're still on track. They're still being built as of today. Uh, just the timeline has been pushed out a little bit. So good news there kind of, you know, for those planning, you know, maiden voyages you have a little more time to plan and save up for those. The following is actually Chapik's response during the Q&A. And in in terms of cruise ships, um, as you know, we just got new guidelines from the CDC that are quite uh, thorough, let's say. Um, And uh, they really entail uh, some really high hurdles in terms of not only testing by the uh, potential uh, guests uh, that we host on the ships, but also a process that has to uh, happen in order to certify our first sailings. Those will necessarily result in delays beyond what we had hoped in terms of getting our uh, uh, ships back uh, in service and making magic for our guests. I guess the best news out of all of it is that we now do see some light at the end of the tunnel. I think we have an opportunity to create sort of a Disney bubble, if you want, uh, if you would, on each one of our cruise ships. And demand is very, very strong for our cruise ships. Uh, We're seeing extremely strong demand in the back half of uh, fiscal year 21 and all of 22 in in terms of uh, uh, bookings. That said, that then creates the demand for the new ships that uh, you you asked about. And right now, uh, we're anticipating delivering our first new ship, the Wish, in uh, summer of 22. And then we have uh, our next two ships in 24 and 25. And so after a slight delay of roughly six months on those ships, uh, we think that uh, we're going to be able to bring them onto service. We hope and expect that the world will be back to normal by then and anticipate uh, having uh, a a, a fine time trying to uh, fill up the demand of those ships. And we think there's going to be so much pent-up demand that we don't expect to have uh, much issues given the love that our guests have for Disney Cruise Line. That's all we have today. Thanks for uh, tuning in downloading whole new world anyway thank you for listening 
Till next time, take care. Have a question, comment, rumor, or just want to say hi? Call 321-765-3252 to leave a voicemail, and we just might include it in a future episode. You can reach us via the comments section on the website, email at contact at disneycruiselineblog.com, Twitter at the DCL blog, and Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Cruise Line blog.